good morning. Good morning. Welcome to our last family chapel for the year. Good job. You made it. You made it this far. All right. It's been a great year. Thank you for all your support and prayer. We have been having some wonderful time here in our chapel services, and God has been good to us in our time of worship amongst our students and faculty. So thank you for your, your prayers throughout the year. It is our privilege to have Dr. Like with us this morning, a Dean of Online Education. He's going to be helping us hear from the Lord. Can you welcome him this morning? Thank you, Dr. Like. Our theme throughout the year has been about trust. And we've been focusing on the passage out of Proverbs. And in the fall, we focused on trust in the Lord and lean not on your own understanding. And in the winter, we focused on trust in the Lord and in all your ways acknowledge Him. And this uh, spring trimester, we've been focusing on trust in the Lord and He will make your path straight. Can we say that together? Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and He will make your path straight. Amen. We believe that. You may be seated. Morning. Take the Bible that's in front of you and turn to the book of Proverbs, chapter 3. We're going to start with verse 1 and read through verse 10, get a sense of the context of our passage today. My son, do not forget my teaching, but keep your commands and my commands in your heart. For they will prolong your life many years and bring you prosperity. Let love and faithfulness never leave you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. Then you will win favor and a good name in the sight of God and man. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and shun evil. This will bring health to your body and nourishment to your bones. Honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all your crops. Then your barns will be filled to overflowing and your vats will brim over with new wine. The word of the Lord. Let's pray just a minute. Jesus, we want to thank you for the time that you have given us to be together. for the chance to sit with uh, co-workers, colleagues, friends, uh, folks who share a common purpose, a common burden, a common mission, folks who are, um, folks who are trying to find their way best to serve you in this place so that others on the other side of our students will know you better. We give you praise for the privilege. Thanks be to God. 
Thank you, too, for the time that, um, that we have to consider what it means to, to understand and to put into practice the verses that we're going to look at in a few minutes. We give you thanks. And now we help, and now we ask for your help to hear what it is that we, ha we need to hear in order to be who it is that you've called us to be. In Jesus' name, amen. I was in here a little bit ago. They're working on the roof. <clears throat> so as long as they work on the roof, if you don't, if you don't care, I don't care, right? Um, all right, I want to start out with some couplets. Let's see which, which side of the fence you're on. Uh, paper or plastic? Paper? Plastic. Reusable. No, paper or it's a, it's a couplet. It's not a triplet. It's a couplet. Okay, so paper, plastic, debit, or credit? Debit? Credit? I know. Cash? Okay, all right. Coke or Pepsi? Coke? Pepsi? Neither? Dr. Pepper. <laughs> all right, calf or decaf? Calf? Decaf? Either? Neither? Right. Um, Apple or Android? Apple? Android. Okay, direct or straight? Direct? Straight. All right. I, the, last one, the last one's the link to what we're going to talk about, obviously. It's not, it's not one that we use, wrestle with on a regular basis. But how we, how we understand what direct and straight mean in the light of <laughs> paper or plastic. So, so as long as we know that all of this stuff is going on, okay. All right. Now, how we think about the two words that we ended with, direct and straight, affects how we understand the passage that we're going to look at today. Direct or straight, are they verbs? Or are they adjectives? Are they action words or are they descriptive words? Are they telling us what's happening or telling us what it looks like? Okay, now I have to confess that for most of my life I probably understood the end of verse 6 as a, in terms of description more than action. And in fact, if you look at the rest of the passage, there's, there's, good, reason to, there's good reason to understand why the NIV chose to translate and make your paths straight, given the rest of the context full barns and vats filled with wine or lots of grape juice, but bounty, blessing, plenty. Okay, and so for most of my life, I think I've thought, about, thought of it in terms of that, but, I think, but I've come to believe that there's more to it than just a description. So I want us to look at those two verses for a bit. The section of the passage begins with three ways of saying the same thing. 
The proverb writer says we are to trust God, we're to lean God's way, not ours, and we're to know his way in all our ways. Three ways of saying the same thing. The writer of the proverb says we have a choice. We can serve ourselves or serve God. We can do what we want to do, or we can do what God wants us to do. We can go our way, or we can go God's way. That's the choice. No in-between. And if we trust, lean, acknowledge, if we trust, lean, and acknowledge God, then the results will be he will make our paths straight. He will make our life's journey direct. He will get us from where we are to where he wants us to be in the shortest route possible. So kind of like a divine version of Google Maps or MapQuest, I don't have a, what are those, the GPS things, I don't have one of those people in my car yet. So I'll use Maps. Google Maps or MapQuest, when we give our lives over to God, he begins with our present location, he determines our final destination, and then he plops a, plots a map for us to follow. And I think to tell you the truth, I think we like direct. We, we prefer straight. Uh, not many of us go looking for detours, hoping that one will show up just two minutes from work. Or uh, anybody plan on rerouted flights just because you don't never know where you're going to wind up? Or maybe last-minute last changes in your itinerary. We, we like direct. We prefer straight. It was fun singing this, the songs this morning. Uh, all of them are from my memory, and I've had all of these old-timey songs running through my head uh, while I've been thinking about this. Uh, the song that I think captures this notion of straight, direct, is, My Lord knows the way through the wilderness. Do you know? Did you sing it? All right. All I have to do is follow. My Lord knows the way through the wilderness. All I have to do is follow. Strength for today is mine all the way, and all that I need for tomorrow. My Lord knows the way through the wilderness. All I have to do is follow. And because he's the Lord of the universe, we have it in our heads that we are certain that if he knows the way, it's going to be the shortest distance between two points. It'll be a through way. It'll be a direct way. It'll be a straight way. All we have to do is follow. Well, that's what the verse means if the words direct and straight are descriptive words. If they're adjectives. Like I said earlier, I've come to believe that the meaning here is more about action than description. It's more about verbs than adjectives. It's dynamic, not static. So, through the passage one more time. If we trust, lean, acknowledge in God, God will direct our path. He will straight our journey. We use straight as a verb. He will guide our way.
The promise is that if we give ourselves to God, he will lead us. He will show us the way. He will blaze the trail ahead of us. Amen? All in favor say aye. But let me suggest that the journey that God, that this journey with God might not be the shortest distance between two points. It might not be the fastest. It might not be the straightest. It might not be the directest. Can I, can I use that? A, is it okay to say directists? To use Google Maps, MapQuest analogy again, God knows where we are and where he wants us to be. But instead of his map laying out the quickest route, the line appears to wander if we get to see it. It kind of veers, and and sometimes it might even head off in directions that seem the opposite of where we think we're headed. He's likely to take us to places we'd never dreamed of going, and he's likely to lead us into situations we'd never thought, where we'd never thought we'd be serving. God directs. God straights the way. Now, will those places, will those places be places that we'd put on our bucket lists? Maybe. Will the vocations, the situations, uh, be things that we'd place on our career track? It's possible. Will the places we wind up be the land of our dreams? Um, There's a chance. They could be better than we ever thought than ever, than, excuse me, they could be better than we ever could imagine. But they could also be more challenging than we ever thought possible. The opening verses to Hebrews 12 come to mind here. Therefore, since we have so great a cloud of witnesses surrounding us, let us also lay aside every encumbrance and the sin which so easily entangles us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, despising its shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God the Father. For consider him who has endured such hostility by sinners against himself, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Now, I I don't mean to imply that every path that God has in mind for his followers is as difficult as the path that Jesus had to follow. But I do mean, I do mean to say that God does more than just lay out a map for us to follow and then wait for us to get there. When God directs, when God straights, when God leads, he goes with us each step of the way, if we'll follow. The difference is that God is going with us instead of us just going for God. You hear the difference? The difference is, 
not just that God is going with us, that God is going with us instead of us just going for God. Sometimes I think that we get a glimpse of the straightened path that God has in mind for us. Our call to him is pretty clear. How we get there is pretty apparent. He has shown us that where it is that he wants us to go. And so we say to him, okay, thank you very much. Thanks for the lead. Thanks for the direction. Thanks for pointing me in the direction where I'm supposed to be heading. I'll take it from here. And off we go, making our way along the straight path, the direct route laid out for us on our own. Somewhere, some place along the line, his path becomes our path. His route becomes our route. His way becomes our way. And we find ourselves heading in the direction that we think God has for us in mind, has in mind for us, but without God. We're not trustingly acknowledging Him. We're just going and doing for Him. And if we do that very long, we usually wind up going and doing without Him. I just got back from... Um, Boston, my daughter Ariana moved there at the end of, at the beginning of September. So she needed a family fix. So did her mother. So one of the things that we did, we did more touristy things in three days than I wanted to do in a week, um, but they wanted to keep us busy. And there is, um, there is a, a historical path called the Freedom Trail. And it starts at the, at the State House and it ends at Bunker Hill. And they either have inset into, the, inset into the sidewalk bricks, a row of bricks, and all you have to do is follow the bricks. And when they cross the street, they've painted a red line, and so you just follow the red line. And you can go from the State House to Bunker Hill as long as you stay on the path. And sometimes we did, and sometimes we didn't. And sometimes we took our own ways, and sometimes we didn't. We eventually got to Beacon, we eventually got to Bunker Hill, but we got there on our own. We didn't wait for any tour. <laughs> and, and Bunker Hill is this little hill, and there was a group of six folks who were kind of close to my age, and they were all out. They were just horizontal, sleeping, taking a nap because they had walked the path. Sometimes, let me go back and say what I said one more time. Sometimes we have a path that is just that clear from God. But if we're not careful, it's very easy for us to take the path on our own. See, I think this trusting, leaning, acknowledging thing is, is not just a one-time deal. It's an ongoing reality. He wants us to allow him to straighten, direct, to straight, to direct, to lead. And if we're not careful, we can wind up going on our own. Our response to what he has in mind for us can be very much like Peter's response to Jesus. It's after Jesus' resurrection. It's after Jesus has appeared to the disciples. I mean, he's already established his resurrected presence. The account I have in mind is at the end of John's Gospel. 
So the story's familiar, but just let me hit the details. Peter and the crew have been fishing all night, caught zip, nada, nothing. They're about, they're about finished, ready to pull in their nets and head for the beach, and about that time, Jesus comes walking along the shoreline, about the place where they're fishing, and he says, don't you love it when people have suggestions about how to fish better? Um, he says, you know, if you'll do this, one more time, one more time, only this time, put your net on the other side of the boat. The boat's not any wider than this platform. Put your net on the other side of the boat. Okay, that's another sermon, another story. So they catch more fish than they know what to do with. I mean, they're just capsizing. Their, they've got so much fish. So Peter finally gets it that it's Jesus that's on the shore. They gave him the best fishing tip he's ever had. And so he, jump, he, girds, he puts some clothes on and gets in the water and, and, heads, toward, and heads toward Jesus. Jesus has gathered some wood and some bread and, and some fresh fish, and he's got breakfast waiting for them when they get there. And then on the other side of breakfast, they have this conversation, including one of the most significant conversations. Jesus restores Peter back to, back to the full relationship with him. Do you love me? You know I love you. Feed my sheep, feed my lambs. And then Peter says to him, and then Jesus says to Peter, now didn't Peter just say, Jesus said, I love you? And Peter said, do you love me? And Peter says, you know I love you? Didn't Peter just give him three affirmations? That's not a trick question, didn't he? Okay. And then Jesus says to Peter, truly, truly, I say to you, when you were younger, you used to gird yourself and walk wherever you wished. But when you grow old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will gird you and bring you where you do not wish to go. And he's not talking about old age here. And then John adds this little commentary. Now, Jesus said this signifying what kind of death that Peter would die in order to glorify God. And when Jesus had spoken this, he says to Peter, follow me. And Peter, turning around, <laughs> he just, he knows exactly what's being asked of him, and so he's looking for an out. Peter, turning around, sees John, the disciple whom Jesus loved, and Peter says to Jesus, Lord, and what about this man? And Jesus says to Peter, if I want him to remain until I come, what's that to you? You follow me. Doesn't matter about John. It matters about you. It, it's real easy for me, I was going to say us, but it's real easy for me to relate to Peter here. Uh, we identify with his protest, don't we? 
Uh, you know, can you check MapQuest one more time because the direction that you're about to take me out, there's got to be a better way to get there. Okay, that TomTom -tom thing is just not working right. You know, smack it on the side one more time because I, I, I don't want to go where that's going to take me. Can't you make my journey direct and straight and easy? But we hear in Jesus' words to Peter an echo of what this text, our text today is about. What is that to you? You follow me. I will direct your path. I will straight your way. I will be your God. I will lead you on. And then Jesus waited to see which direction Peter would choose. Would he choose what looked to be an easier way over a God-directed way? Would he choose a seemingly cleared path, or would he go with Jesus over the God-straightened path? Would he choose what God had in mind for John, or would he embrace what God had in mind for Peter? Now, one last thing that has to be said here. We must not mistake the trials that come with living in a fallen world as a part of God's plan for our lives as his path for our journey. The difficulty that Peter was running into was the result of him following the lead of the master and he paid for it with his life. What Peter didn't know is that John wound up in a similar situation, just not quite as young by the time he was gone. Say it one more time. We must not mistake the trials that come with living in a fallen world as God's plan for our lives as his path for our journey. Illness is a part of the human condition. Weariness and fatigue come from being in Boston for three days and sleeping on somebody else's bed. It, it, it comes from being men and women who have limited time and limited health and limited strength. We are finite beings and we run out of us. Oppositions to our efforts to follow Jesus comes with the territory. Comes with the territory. Uh, do remember Jesus said, one of his promises is, in this world, you will have tribulation. But be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. In this world, you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer, I will direct your path. I will straight your way. I will lead you on. In all these things, Paul wrote, in all these things, God is at work for those who love him, for those who are called according to his purpose. So God is directing, yes? Amen? God is straighting, amen? God is leading, amen? God is ready to go with us 
and he waits for us to follow. Uh, we're going to sing one more old song, if that's all right. Um, but I want to sing it a little quicker than we were doing earlier, if that's okay. Because I want this to be more than a march, than a, than a, more like a march than a, than a altar call. Yeah, thank you, Dirge. Thank you very much. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him. And he will direct and straight and guide and lead your paths. Amen? Amen. Amen. Go in his peace. Amen.